everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And I am not cheap. I'm actually sexy. That's how I would describe myself. Wouldn't you, Nick? Everybody has their own identifier. Yes, they do. It's too bad this isn't TV. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's start off the morning with a toast. Cheers. Diane Gross is in from Cork Wine Barn Market. She's brought in Spanish wine, so we're going to... And it's also, we have David Hagedorn in studio, and it's his anniversary today. Happy, Happy anniversary to him and Michael. I was there. I cried at the wedding because Michael so got him, and I didn't. Aww. All right. All right, let's talk about today. So, cold and flu season's coming, and your mommy may not be nearby to take care of you, but Val Zweig is. Uh, she is the the founder and CEO of Prescription Chicken. It's chicken soup and more. Uh, you know the chicken soup is actually medicinal, so um, pay attention and you'll hear about Plus, the Jewish holidays are coming up. So, instead of, like, slaving over a stove and making your own soup, order it. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> Zygesund. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, um, and uh, Chef uh, uh, Danny Yato has taken Slate Wine Bar and turned it into Slate Wine Bar on the first floor, and then the, the next two floors are a new restaurant called Chiquette. It's a it's a Valencian tasting menu concept. Danny is from the, his family's from the village of Denia, am I saying it right, in Valencia, Spain. Danny's just back from competing in a big uh, uh, comp- uh, competition there. Oh, my God, get through it. Hey, you get through it. And we're going to tell you all about that. Chefs for Equality is coming up again. Yay, da- Chefs for David Equality. David Hagedorn is the uh, co-chair of the committee uh, at the HRC, putting that together. It's about raising money and awareness for the LGBTQ community. And so uh, much more. And so much more. But there are 150 top chefs going to be there at the cathedral. If you haven't been to an event at the cathedral, it is mind-blowing. Okay. So we're going to be doing that. Autumn is upon us and flowers are disappearing outside, but inside it's a blooming season. Holly Simmons is here. She's the owner and founder of She Loves Me. It's a flower shop in Petworth, and she's going to brighten up our morning with petals. Mm-hmm. She's putting the petal to the metal. And, of course, it's, it's Sunday. There's booze on the show. It, it's not really booze. This is not booze. It's refined wine, Spanish right. wines. Uh, Diane Gross is here. Collins at home watching the kids. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> and um, we're going to be drinking... Spanish wines. Well, because they just got back from a fabulous trip. So we'll find out about that. But fabulous. first, let's talk to Deb Moser. She is live from Central Farm Markets. Deb, where are you it's calling from today? It's better than being dead, isn't it, Deb? Uh-huh. Hmm. I'm, hi there, guys. I'm hi. down in uh, Virginia at the Nova Market. How mm-hmm. are you today? Excellent. How are you doing? Like you've got a great show. We oh, do. Tell us great. what's happening Actually, in Market. Deb, if I'm here, it's a great show. Well, I have been... Back and forth between Bethesda and Nova today. We were filming up at Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Our chef, Jonathan Barsdick, is uh, filming his new television show, Jonathan's Kitchen, A Taste of the Season. Oh, wow. So we're up there shooting the, yeah, we're Where shooting the Where is A Taste of the Season? Where, Where is that, that airing? Where do we see A Taste of the Season with it, Jonathan Barsdick? Um, you know what? I'm going to have to get that information. I know eventually it's going on, I think, Amazon Prime. But, oh, cool. Uh, I, don't have the info st- for the stations yet. And is he and at both markets weeks, today? Working with them in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he's up at Bethesda, and then I came back down here at Nova, mm-hmm. and we've got all the fall things going. We got apple cider donuts in now. 
my God, uh, apple cider apple donuts cider are my favorite. Yeah, yeah. So we have Potomac Sweets. Um, if you've never been down here and tasted Gerard's Sweets, you have got to make a trip because okay. these are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And all the pumpkins are in the squashes, and we're having a good time. And just want to remind folks, Every Sunday, home game for the Redskins, or every Sunday, 1 o'clock game, get your stuff early. Come out to the markets early. Absolutely. Here. Right. Should I tell her the Redskins are on Monday night? Well, they're on Monday night this week. (laughs) This week. This week. No, I know this week. But so you have plenty of time. That's right. So you have plenty of time to come to the market to get some good stuff. Can I just put in a plug for, even though it doesn't seem to be tomato season anymore, you guys have tomatoes all year round that are as as delicious and juicy as they are when they're grown outside in the summer. But it's still tomato season. Well, it's kind of the tail end of tomato season. It is still tomato season. God bless global warming. No, actually, this will go, yes, this will go I know, is that the dumbest thing to say ever? Greenhouses. Well, it's not. We were in a pool yesterday. I know, but you don't want global warming. I hate global warming, but if it's around, I'm going to go to the pool. Okay. All right. All right, Deb, tell everybody where they can find you, please. Uh, CentralFarmMarkets.com. Come on out. Support the farmers. Excellent. Thanks, Tim. Thank you so much. Diane Gross. Thank you, guys. Hi. Every year, you and your husband, Khaled, um, you both own Cork Market. Who is one of my favorite people on the face of this earth. You always take, every summer, you take a fabulous wine trip. And this summer, you went to Spain. Why? Well, we haven't been to Spain. We've been to France and Italy a bunch. And mm-hmm. um, I actually. That sounds went, like you're bragging a little bit. I, well, over the course of our lives, we're <laughs> <I'm> old. <kidding. laughs> um, we went. I actually went to Spain in, um, in April for a sherry intensive, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I only got to see a little part of what is a beautiful country. And so we decided to launch a bigger trip um, this summer and go visit some of our winemakers that we've been working with, you know, really since we opened the restaurant. Mm hmm. Um, which is sort of the goal of these trips, sort of learning more from the people we've worked with for so long and bringing all of that back to our guests and our customers. And and we're also actually launching um, a collaboration with um, Neil Rosenthal and his Mad Rose trips mm-hmm. um, to do some trips to Italy and France um, in the fall and next year. Cool. So I think you should take some radio media with you on I those do. trips. Yeah, right? I like yeah. you should um, take some very so, close personal you know, friends with you. We do a very <laughs> we do a very sort of small curated trip that we do and and Neil has started doing these uh, small trips too mm-hmm. to a lot of the producers that we work with. So we're trying to sort of collaborate and get all of this together to um, to launch some trips for folks to go on. So when you were planning this trip, where specifically did you want to go? What were your priorities? Well, we wanted to spend some time in Barcelona because it's beautiful and Mm -hmm. we've heard so much about it. And it's really close to a lot of winemaking. So um, we wanted to go to Penedes and visit all of our cava producers Mm -hmm. and make our way to Rioja to see some of our great Rioja producers that, you know, have been there for centuries and we've worked with for so long. And then sort of new to us was San Sebastian and some of the producers oh, up there, man. particularly chocolate producers, mm-hmm. um, that um, are doing like some the cool sound innovative stuff. I like yeah, the way it sounds. It sounds like a terrible trip. <laughs> <I> so <laughs> let's just talk. You poured some cava for us yeah. to start. Let's talk a little bit about it. So this is from Reventos y Blanc, which is really one of the oldest cava producers. Um, they've sort of separated our, themselves from the DO of Cava, um, and their little area called Conca, and they've been making wine, their family's been making wine since the 1400s, so mm-hmm. it's really one of the oldest. Um, they have a very biodiverse farm, so 
you're on the farm and you see pigs and horses and olive trees and flowers and lakes and all amongst the beautiful vines that are growing only indigenous varietals from them. Um, and all their kava is made traditionally, which means it's made like champagne. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I think, one of the fine wines of Spain and really made, um, I hate to do the comparison of like champagne, but that's the quality. But it's in the method. Well, yeah. That's the effort they put in. That's their idea. But don't you feel like, and I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I feel that, you know, kava sort of hit this peak in the U.S. sales a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was really popular. And it really changed sort of what people were bringing in. So it was inexpensive, high sugar. Like it, it sort of lost yeah. its, t- you know, like it's, it's sort of like what happened to Prosecco. Do you know right. what I mean? It right. just People just thought it was a cheap yeah. bubbly, but this is nothing like no, that. this is an amazing, beautiful wine. It's a vintage wine for a entry-level cava, so it's really stunning. What does it retail for? $20. Okay. Oh, geez. Um, and beautiful. What, and what they're doing actually in cava to sort of respond to that is a lot of the houses, the finer houses, the, the houses with this history, mm-hmm. are separating themselves from the DO. And they've sort of launched a new effort. Um, and so the one, many of the ones that we carry have done that. Um, and then why not pour for you next has not, but it's in that vein and it's sort of heading in that direction. But all right, great. We we'll, get, do, we'll get there. We could do is buy a case of this and then slap Dom Perignon labels all over it. and no one Or not. Know. Or you can just serve not. it and tell people no, what it is. No, you said I'm cheap. Well, the I'm goal cheap. is to get people to see that kava <laughs> is a beautiful wine and you Thank can drink you. it like you would drink it's champagne. Delicious. Excellent. And okay. speaking of champagne, let's talk about the champagne of chicken soup. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. Val's an awesome what, segue. Hey, I can come up with anything. <laughs> right. I mean, Val Zweig is here. Val, I, we have to talk about your story because you re-careered in the middle of, you know. You did re-career. It's very re-career. cool. And you guys have seen it the whole way. Right? I That's know. Right. We haven't benefited from it, but we have seen well. it. Well, we I'm eating your soup. chicken soup. What do you want? I'm Jeez. all about me. So why don't you talk a little bit about how this happened? Yeah, I started Description my career chicken. as a publicist, and that's where I got to know you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, after sort of going in the PR world and then going into restaurant consulting, I had a funny idea for a chicken soup delivery business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and I mean, but uh, let's talk about chicken soup for a minute because my grandmother, my when we thing. got sick, the first thing she did was give me Lipton's tea, which is why I don't drink it now, um, and chicken soup, like yeah. tons of it. And it really has medicinal value. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, it's it's gets things moving. So the steam gets you going. The mm-hmm. salt helps sort of re- replenish your sodium levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are studies that show that chicken soup does help with like mucus reduction and those types of things. But yeah, I let's think, get rid of that mucus. But I think it's really more about comfort. So I think that every, you know, practically every culture has some sort of relationship with chicken soup. Sure. And whether your relationship or your memory is chicken soup on the couch with your grandmother or, mm-hmm. you know, a can of Campbell's, it's made you feel better. And I don't know if there's any other, like, more, more true comfort food mm-hmm. um, than so, chicken so soup. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started your business, how did you draw from? Who did you draw from to come up with your chicken soup? Because, like you just said, everybody has. It's like pizza. You know, everybody has their favorite like slice from when they were growing up. Chicken soup is no different. People feel very territorial over it. But I would say, like, my recipes are not my grandmother's recipes. My mm-hmm. mom likes to tell me that my grandmother used to blend her chicken soup, which 
not what we do. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, blend? you mean like, yeah, like blend? blend it? I know. I was like, oh, such fascinating. An interesting way to do it. Huh. Um, I always made chicken soup, and so actually, I always laugh that in college, uh, my roommates would come home, and if I was making chicken soup and making challah, they'd be like, "All right, what happened?" It was right. my stress reliever. Sure. Um, and so I've always made chicken soup, and so we just decided to launch. And I feel like challah dipped in this soup would be it's really yummy. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'll bring that next time. Around. So next we time. still have a couple of minutes before the break because it's, it's not just prescription. Is 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 not just chicken soup. It's you've right. got a whole line. Well, it's 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 mainly chicken soup. We have some supplementary items like little sandwiches and cookies and teas and mm-hmm. orange juice, but it's really all about the chicken soup. And we have about seven different varieties. So what does um, that mean? Like, what are your seven different varieties? Yeah, so our classics are our grandma style, which is the one that we're trying today with matzo balls. Mm-hmm. We have that with egg noodles. We have our hangover, which I think you guys have had before. It's a spicy Why chicken Why did you look soup. at me when you said that? <laughs> right. No judgment. No judgment. Definitely should have brought that You're one. You're an anti-Davidite. <laughs> oh, never. Um, so our hangover is a spicy chicken soup. We have a vegetarian option because vegetarians deserve, you know, air quotes, chicken soup too. Okay, wait. Um, so it's let's just, not, it's what does that like mean? It's a mirepoix. So it looks like a richer chicken soup base. Right. Totally vegetarian. But it's no totally chicken. vegetarian. Yeah, but it cool. feels and smells like chicken soup. Um, and then recently we've launched, oh, and then we have a bone broth, um, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And then we've recently launched into a pho. So we call it our pho pho because mm-hmm. it's my recipe and not a traditional Vietnamese so recipe. So do you just take the chicken for that? Do you, because I make like a, I make a chicken soup at home. I make a stock, I put it in the freezer, and, and then good. on nights Com- when I don't. I sense a competition here. No, no, no. But on nights like when I don't feel like making a full dinner, exactly right. I add some soy sauce and yeah. ginger and some garlic and yep. some herbs and noodles and voila I have uh, is that sort of the same concept similar we make our own like spice broth so mm-hmm. we use star anise and we use smashed um, scallions yeah um, and just sort of try to flavor it up and kick it up and our pho we do a built pho so it's not where you would get it a traditional where you sort of add the lime and the right. herbs we send it all together in one okay we have to take a quick break but right. when we come back let's talk about how we get our hands yeah. on prescription chicken this is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast the high holidays are coming are you ready we'll be back in just a sec Oh, we're back Hello. on, and I won't be out in the yard doing a damn thing, because here we are. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Val Zweig from Prescription Chicken, and Rash Hashin is coming up. Rosh Hashanah, best time of the year for year. matzo ball yes, soup. Thank yes. you. So what do you got special for that? So we're really focusing on matzo ball soup and going, mm-hmm. and going classic, but really trying to help people make their holidays easier. Um, I know in my house we do 30 people. and It's overwhelming. It's, it's so much food. And so we um, are, obviously you can order just a built quart of soup that comes with all the matzo balls, but you could also get your soup de- deconstructed. Everybody, we were talking in the break that everybody has you know, their own way of doing matzo ball soup. And so maybe you just hate making the matzo balls, but you make your own broth. I hate or, making matzo balls. Right, or maybe you or, like. No, let me rephrase that. I don't make good matzo balls. It's I don't know what I that do. Is not true. It's hard. It is true. That is not I, mine she's are being always modest. like. Well, like, we can talk about that another yeah, they're time. A little there's so many the different things. Right. You're not cooking in long enough, probably. probably. But you know, we really are trying to make people's holidays easier, and so mm-hmm. we sell deconstructed soup, so you can get really all the pieces separately, mm-hmm. and then you can customize your own soup the way that you want it. Because not everybody wants to put, you know. Di- how many matzo balls per person? It, it can be very, very overwhelming. So on our website, we do sell deconstructed. Very well, um, that's soup. that's what I want to talk about. We got a couple seconds left because you're available at Balducci's and Glens, we right? Will, we will be available Balducci's across the region starting 
1st of October. Okay. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. That's really exciting but you for can, us. I mean, you can get it Glenn's delivered Garden to your home. Market, you can get it delivered hot. You can get us at Glenn's Garden Market, Odd Provisions. Uh, Harvey's Market sells our stock. But originally um, you were sort of like, we want you to deliver we do, our but, soup. But it's probably hard to really, because I had it delivered to my friend yeah, when she was sick. Yeah, yeah. And I love that idea. We want to bring chicken soup to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so we are really focusing on bringing it in any way. And whether that's grocery or delivery or come and visit us and pick it up. We well, just want to give matzo balls to everyone. you bring it, it to our house this afternoon? You got it. <laughs> you right, tell everybody how to find prescription chicken. Uh, www.prescriptionchicken.com um, or look for us in some local grocery stores as well. Okay. Thank now, you. Now, before we go back to Diane Gross, very quickly, if you are an animal lover, uh, I've got the event for you. Uh, the uh, There's a group called McPaw, M-C-P-A-W. Go to McPaw.org. There's a huge fundraiser coming up. October 5th, it's a big, it's kind of a sort of a throwback to the 60s uh, frat parties with Junior Klein and the recliners, but it's all to raise money for the Montgomery County Animal Shelter. Um, These are all lost, abandoned, and abused animals that are taken care of, and it's not just dogs and cats, it's birds and goats and horses. They do an amazing job there. So go to McPaw.org, it's October 5th, and it's going to be fun. And you don't have to wear a tuxedo. So. Diane Gross, back Hi. to you. Okay, right. so you where'd you go next on your trip? So we're still in Panettas, but here we're um, trying a still wine from a cava producer. The producer is Paris Balta, and the cool thing about this estate is it's, it's family-run like uh, most of our producers, but it's two women winemakers who are actually the wives of the two um, brothers who the winery's been passed down to. And um, they are doing some super cool things. So not only are they making kava very traditionally and just beautiful um, high-level kavas that you would associate with champagne, but they're doing a lot of still wines, red and white, um, using the indigenous varietals. Mm -hmm. It's an estate that's been there since 1790. So again, a lot of history here in Mm. Spain. Um, And this is Jurello and Sauvignon Blanc. It's from one of the highest elevations in Panetas. And you get all that great acidity, brightness, um, and yeah. But there's fruit. no wood; like it's super clean, all stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that we discovered when we were there um, is that most of these winemakers, if they're using any wood, it's really big. Okay, um, and it's probably for really aged um, sparkling wine or red wines. Mm-hmm. White wines rarely see it, except for a couple little experiments they're doing. She's doing some super cool stuff. Um, with like a barrel here, a barrel there. It's all organic and biodynamic, like most of the wineries that we work with. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just really an exciting wine. And it's neat to get something still from a sparkling wine region and see the breadth of what they can do. It is. It's delicious. Great. All right. Well, we'll be back to you in a little bit. And we're going to talk more Spain. Of Spain right. Let's talk to a guy with a Spanish last name, Danny Yedo. <laughs> Although around here they probably could. Danny Lido. Is that what they call you? <laughs> Danny Yedo. Uh, who is the chef owner of Slate Wine Bar, and you took the, uh, the top two floors of Slate and you turned it to a... Uh, He's turning uh, it. No, it opened... Did it open already? No, not yet. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Dan. He doesn't read any of the information. No, it's, a, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I, I think I read opening in August, but <laughs> yeah, that's another story, Danny. Okay. All right, so you, you're, you're going to be opening up Chiquette, and right. it's a chef's tasting menu concept and based on your Valencian heritage, correct? Correct. I mean, there's going to be a couple items a la carte as well. But mostly we were focusing on the two tasting menu options. Well, so let's start. So you had Slate. For people who haven't had the opportunity to go, explain what Slate is and then how you came up with this next concept. So Slate was a wine bar bistro uh, that I came into the partnership uh, back in 2013. 
Mm-hmm. And once that happened, I made it more into a restaurant. So it kind of had some rough beginnings. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the years, we've been able to elevate the cuisine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the next tradition is like, okay, how do we expand and what do we do now? And let's take this opportunity in terms of being in this mm-hmm. location. <laughs> so from that, we said, hey, let's do something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time, which mm-hmm. is represent the Valencian cuisine. And let's make something great out of it. Well, so, so I don't feel like there's a lot of... of People talking about Valencian cuisine right what now. Is it? Sure. So what does what does that look like? So interesting enough, um, I think out there we've seen a lot of Spanish restaurants. So mm-hmm. that really has made way. Tapas to, is very big. Right. Tapas. <laughs> right. Tapas is big. Topless. Is that what you? No. Tapas. I'm sorry. It's exhausting. <laughs> so you got tapas. You got montaditos. You got all different things from Spain, mm-hmm. and the Valencian cuisine has, hasn't been really represented. Mm-mm. And the only thing that's been represented, which is the Spanish national dish, is, is the, paella. Is paella. Mm-hmm. So there's more to it, and a lot of rich seafood, um, a lot of, and one of the things that you're eating right now is. Eight. <laughs> you mean <laughs> I ate? Yes. You know, so it's over there by her. Give me that. Okay. So what are, what are we eating? So these are uh, turrones. So mm-hmm. they're Spanish nuggets. They're uh, based on almonds. Mm-hmm. I created three unique recipes uh, during the holidays of um, in December as well as New Year's Eve. These are traditionally eaten. And so this looks like a traditional nougat, right? right. This is the one with the nuts. It looks very familiar to me. But these two remind me, have you ever tried halva? Hal- halva? Halva. Halva? No. I what kind of Jew are you? Halva. Halva. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a tahini-based You got to try it. It's what is it? Like I this. don't know what the hell halva it is. is what? It's sesame. So, and- is it sesame paste? Whatever it is. But it has a texture. Um, so you make these, one of them is uh, made out of carob, which mm-hmm. is the vegetarian chocolate. Okay. So that and almond. The other one is, instead of being just almond, it's done with almond, pistachios, and hazelnuts, mm. which is the one in the middle. Okay. And, and then the one. hard one is, is, is known as tradition as Alicante uh, Turrones. And mm-hmm. this one, uh, instead of just having almonds, it has also pistachios. It's okay. Beautiful. So tell us what people will find on the menu, like what this experience is going to be like. So it's going to be a high-end gastronomical experience, and that's what we hope to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, very elaborate desserts, very elaborate tasting menu. Um, it's also... Um, How very many ma- courses? Like, what is a tasting menu? So we have a five-course and an eight-course tasting menu. Okay. And, um, and then from there... We think we try to use the equipment very well in terms of our kitchen. We have the Paya station, which is wood fire. We also have a wood fire rotisserie. Mm-hmm. We have a wood fire trial broiler. We have a. Uh, so did smoker. you have to bring all this in? You had to um, change everything <coughs> on these top two floors. Oh yeah, so it was pretty integrated. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why one of the reasons why we had some delays in constructions because we had to bring four thousand pounds of equipment to the top floor and we had to reinforce the beams and sure. put new beams in there. Like it's an maybe old building. Next time, put it on the bottom floor. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Um, so you're going to have these two menus and who's executing all of it. So I've been developing a good team for, mm-hmm. and I'm still looking to hire a couple more people, mm-hmm. uh, on the front of the house. Uh, I have Rachel that I've known professionally for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's selling wine, but she also had two wine bars in St. Louis. And then in the back of the kitchen, I'm relying on um, my right-hand person, which is Jorge, who's mm-hmm. been working with me for four years at Slate. Mm-hmm. So we have a good relationship, and now it's also about taking it to the next level. And what does that look like, a next level? Like, give me, um, in your like your dream menu, right. I'm coming in. David and I are in. What are right. we eating? What does it look like? So I think in, in what's different about this tasting menus that versus other tasting menus I believe that's out there mm-hmm. is that it's, a, it's about to hit the soul. 
So you're not going to leave hungry. Okay. So it's about the product, but it's also developing. Because you know, that's really his brother. concern, right? <laughs> See if it's very concerned about leaving hungry. <laughs> well, no, you leave hungry, you stop at McDonald's, right? No, you don't. <laughs> so with the rotisserie, we're going to be uh, playing a lot with different types of wood. So we're also going to be doing apple wood, maple wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have a company. Is that traditional to Valencia? Uh, no, the traditional from Valencia is the orange wood, which mm-hmm. I actually got a company in California to ship it to me. Cool. So all the all the paellas would be done with orange wood, which is done the well, traditional way. Well, that's the question. First of all, you just distinguished yourself in the Paella Valenciana de Sueca international competition, right? Yes. You cooked some killer paella. How does that fit into a tasting menu, though? Because, you know, my, of course, my experience with paella is spoon some more in there for me. So you're right. getting a set amount. How does it work? Well, it's very interesting. Um, the competition over the past three years have really elevated my game. I was always good at making paella. So to really understand it to the highest level, to build that sokarat, to build all those flavors, you know, it is more special. So the sokarat for us is Valencian caviar. So if you treat it that Whoa. way... You know, that is what we, you know, focus on. That's what we emphasize. And we want a thin paella. We also don't want a a seafood tower of paella. We want the the protagonist to be the rice. Okay. I'm glad you brought so much of it in today, Uh, (laughs) Danny. Oh, my God. He's horrible. Don't listen to him, When will you open? We're looking to uh, mid-October. We'll reopen Slate first, and then a week later we'll do Chiquette. Okay. And so people will make reservations. They can pick which tasting menu they want when they get there. Correct. And then they'll. This is our so parting good. gift. This is the parting gift at the end. What does chiquette mean? It means kid. So going back to Spain all my life and also living there, um, it was kind of like a nice feeling when people said to me that it was the chiquette de casa, so the local kid. So mm-hmm. even though I lived abroad, that it, once I was there, I was considered one of them. Okay. So for me, chiquette really means you know how people labeled me and. Restaurants are people's chiquettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are, the people's that's true. <laughs> All right, well, let's... Well, wait, we have a minute left. No, 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 I want to make sure people know where Slate and Chiquette are. Well, can we are. talk about the wine program Let's first? talk about the wine program sure. first. Are you, like, rush him off I'm not air? rushing him off. It I sounds wanna... like you're rushing him that off air. That didn't say, Danny, get off the mic. It said, <laughs> Danny, where is Slate and I know, but Chiquette. that's a natural ending. Okay, not for me. so what's the wine program like and cocktails? So cocktail program is being nicely elaborated. Um, we're looking at to mocktails as well as regular traditional cocktails in mm-hmm. a uh, nice way. The wine program is pretty elaborate. It's not uh, from here. We look at the whole world as a wine program. Yes, we have an emphasis on Valencian wines and specifically two Valencian grapes that we want to make sure we feature white, quite well. Which are? Which are Monastrell and as well as Bobal. Okay. So those are the two grapes from the Valencia area that are done really well. Enrique Mendoza from Alicante has done fabulous. And also Bodegas there, And also Bodegas Mosiguillo from um, right outside of Valencia, mm-hmm. uh, 3,000 meters above sea level, really producing wine that's really interesting. Oh, cool. I can't All wait right. So it. if you're out there salivating, where would you find Slate and Chiquette? <laughs> In Glover here. Park. So yeah. we're at 2404 Wisconsin Avenue. So the closest cross seats are Wisconsin and Calvert. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming in today. Thank you so much, congrats guys. congrats on the new uh, space. We That's can't wait great. to check it out. Thank you so much. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We're talking chefs for equality next. Hold on. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a gorgeous Sunday, I have to say. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Diane, tell us about Vina Cubilla. So next we voyage Cubillo. to Rioja. Um, the producer here is Lopez de Heredia, mm-hmm. which is one of the oldest estates. Um, it's about 150 years old. And they still use the same huge, giant wood vats that they um, originally started building the winery with. Wow. Um, 
same family owns it from the time that they first started mm-hmm. creating these wines. The wonderful thing about this winery is that they've been in existence for so long that their current release is 2010 for their base wine, which is the Vino Cobillo, which you're drinking. Um, right, so they're that's like a that's what they're releasing right now. 2010, so nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it ages for um, a while in oak barrels and barrique. And then it um, ages in bottle for several years before they release it. It's gorgeous. The oak barrique, I will tell you, are not new by any means. In Mm -hmm. fact, they're the oldest barrels that I've probably ever seen. Okay. Um, The winery has literally, I don't know if they want this publicized, but it has black mold everywhere. I mean, it's so old. And the mold is part of the terroir of the wine. And literally, their cob is the length of three football fields, mm-hmm. and it's been hand carved. It was hand carved, and it leads out to this beautiful lake um, and trees. We were picking plums from this beautiful plum tree right outside. That sounds like my kind of mold. The door, yeah. I mean, it was amazing to see it, and they don't touch anything. Like nothing. It's so it's pristine for them <clears throat> because they don't touch anything, and it's just part of how the wine is made and the process. That's amazing. It's like its own penicillin. It is. Exactly. Right. Is. Um, and we actually were across the way at um, La Rioja Alta, which is another mm-hmm. very old winery, um, which is the exact opposite. Pristine, beautiful. Um, they have the old oak barrels that they used to use to make the wines, the big vats, but um, they don't use them anymore. They now, use new technology. Sure. Um, yes. Still great wine. I mean, beautiful wine. It was nice to see the difference between the two. But this is really just such an old, wonderful um, estate doing things very, uh, very traditionally. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. And speaking of mold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Our very they good broke, friend. They broke the one. We <laughs> created David Hagemann. Otherwise cel- known as the David Nicky Life. <laughs> celebrated chef and restaurateur and cookbook author and, and food and wine journalist. Was also the, the, the really the. the Creator. Crea- well, more than that. You were mm-hmm. really the touchstone, too, for the creation of. Chefs for Equality, which started off uh, as an idea and is now one of the biggest fundraisers in the D.C. area. Why don't you talk a little about that? Well, we will be at the National Cathedral on October 22nd this year, and we will host uh, probably six to 800 people. The Mm -hmm. event always sells out, so you should buy your tickets very quickly at chefsforequality.org. October 22nd. And um, we will have 150 chefs and 25 mixologists and all of the top pastry chefs in town making incredible cakes and desserts. Okay, I'm gonna let's move back. Okay, Mickey's on the committee, so I am on full disclosure. I'm on the committee and have been since day one. So uh, let's start from the beginning. Originally, when this event started um, eight years ago, it was for marriage equality in Maryland. Correct. We all thought it was a one-off. Until afterwards, we were like, we're doing it again. And then it was marriage equality in Virginia. Correct. Which By the way, passed. I've yet to achieve marriage equality. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. You won't get it. Um, and so now we're at a very, there is a law, the Supreme Court passed it. We're at a very different place at what's happening. So Absolutely. we're doing Chefs for Equality, and it's for the LBGTQ community, but what Let's explain further why we put this event on, and well, then we can go into all the four-ring circus that we do. The event is for the human rights campaign, mm-hmm. and the that is the nation's largest LGBTQ advocacy organization. Mm-hmm. And we knew when we created the event eight years ago 
to uh, for the marriage equality push in Maryland that was on the ballot, we knew not to call it chess for marriage equality. We knew we would achieve marriage equality. But we also knew that um, with any civil rights gain comes backlash. Right. And, you know, in many ways you could consider the entire Obama administration backlash. But what we're going through now under the Trump administration is even more devastating than we could have imagined. We in the LGBTQ community are used to having the rug pulled out from under us at any moment. We knew we know that that can happen, but this administration, with its with its onerous um, policies, uh, they really are uh, they really are seemed out to get the LGBTQ community and rob us of of our civil rights gains and our rights and our security, especially the transgender community. What they're doing uh, to the transgender community is despicable. I mean, just in the news again this week. So, yes. how does what we do at Chefs for Equality help this cause? Well, the the money that we raise goes to the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, mm-hmm. and the foundation um, they they help um, attain equal access to adoption and foster care. They help create respectful and supportive school environments. They help healthcare providers increase LGBTQ competency. Um, we engage in dialogue with LGBTQ um, equali- about L- LGBTQ equality in mm-hmm. faith communities, and we make sure that corporate America, corporate America, adopts inclusive workplace policies and practices. And then we leverage our domestic work to have an international impact too. So the foundation really it, it has far-reaching mm-hmm. work that affects the lives of. LGBTQ people, not only across the United States, but worldwide. Well, and I can say, I know Diane Cork is always at Chefs for Equality, and Danny is there, too. I mean, every restaurant in the D.C. area of note is always there at this event. And it is like, I want to call it like a four or five ring circus. There's so many activations happening. So, I mean, even though we're sold out for tables, do you want to tell them about the fabulous chef tables? Well, we um, are the big ticket items are the chef tables for eight, twelve, or sixteen people, and at these tables, teams of chefs create um, on site that night a five course paired meal, mm-hmm. and that's served during the event. And by the way, it's like the hottest chefs in the area. So go ahead. And um, people really love this, and we we actually may have one table left. So. Um, that's news to me. Well, I mean, the tables are spoken for, but they're not really spoken for in my book until the check is received. <laughs> right. so, oh, I'll get into uh, the mail tonight, David. I swear uh, to God. So if you're listening out there, get that check in because right. I'm, I'm looking to sell that table. But can mm-hmm. we can we talk about for the, the you know, just the folks that are there? I mean, I don't like going out much. Nikki knows that. That is the best Everybody party. Everybody knows that. This party is a smash. And the, and the just... To be in the cathedral and to see all the decor, I mean. Right, but so let's talk. So there is a there are fifty stations where people who are not spending money on the right. big tables mm-hmm. have access to some of the hottest restaurants in the D.C. area. Right. There is a champagne lounge that is right. always blown out with lots of champagne. And our speed diner. Right. Well, I was just going to get so the speed diner is your concept. It's so different. I've never seen it anywhere. For the uninitiated, what is it? Well, uh, Eric Bruner Yang uh, helps uh, curate this activation, and it is what it is. It's a speed diner, and so uh, it seats 20 people at a time, and it really is set up like a diner. 
And there we have five pairs of chefs who prepare a mini five-course tasting meal. And it's we call it 5, 10, 15 because it's uh, five courses, 10 chefs, and 15 minutes. So you have... You buy a 15-minute time slot, and, and there's a also a curated cocktail that right. goes with it. And everybody loves um, like a, everybody loves the speed That's dog. so perfect mm-hmm. for me. We eat dinner in about seven minutes. No, so. we don't. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> well, so you, when, you, when you go to chefsforquality.org and buy mm-hmm. your ticket, then you, you, once you've bought your ticket, you have – the ability to, for $50, have this additional activation at the Speed Diner. And let's also talk about um, two years ago, you really started an initiative with Chefs for Equality to really be inclusive. And, um, you know, listen, there are charity events all over the city all the time. What did that look like for you? Well, I mean, of course, by the very nature of the event, it's it's an inclusive event, if 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 only because the beneficiaries of the money that's received for this event is to support in something that's by definition inclusive and mm-hmm. to expand inclusivity and diversity. But um, you know, as we see that the the restaurant community is changing, you know, then it's the 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 scene is much different now than it was even ten years ago or twenty years ago. And so we wanted to encourage, especially in light of the Me Too movement, for instance, to say that um, everybody who attends the event, all the chefs who come to the event are allowed to bring a person with them, an assistant or a sous chef, whoever. And we really went out of our way to start asking them that the person that they bring with them be, as they may very well already be, a, a member of one or more of communities say, people of color, women, immigrants, you know, and for them to give us those names so that we can promote them, them and celebrate mm-hmm. them. Which is so terrific. Um, okay, we're going to wrap up, but tell everybody, Chefs for Equality, October 22nd. At the National Cathedral. Which is, and so there is a pavilion preview, which is the VIP party in the beginning, which everybody gets to go to when you buy a ticket. When you buy a ticket. And there we feature all new restaurants. All new restaurants. That have opened restaurants that have opened within the past year. Exactly. And then we have the actual event with the Speed Diner and the Champagne Lounge and the tables and the 50 stations. And, and the most the... incredible goodie bag you'll ever get. Oh, yes. Thank you, Mark Andre. Incredible <laughs> goodie bag. And then, of course, there's an after party at Silver. At Silver. Diner this year. Yes. Right. So On Wisconsin Avenue. Lots of fun. So Chefs for Equality, chefsforequality.org. Buy your tickets now. They are selling out. Thanks, David. Thank you. Well David. done. I'll say. All right. Yes. Holly Simmons. Hi, Holly. Ready? Holly's the owner of She Loves Me, which is a flower shop in Petworth. And she's going to – actually, the question for me is with the flowers kind of – you know, I mean, there's flowers all year round. I know you can get them from Ecuador and all that. But you know, the locally, the flowers are kind of – He only knows that because we have a neighbor who rents a house across the street from us who brings some flowers. So what? Girl. So I know I'm it. I'm just saying. Why are you always trying to put me down? I'm just pointing it See? out. I want marriage equality, damn it. <laughs> okay. So uh, what do you, let's talk about floral decorations in the fall for your home. Absolutely. Yes. So we at the shop work with a number of local farms, um, primarily out in Maryland. Uh, Wallum Gardens is in Virginia, Butterbee out in Baltimore Mm -hmm. County. And right now for fall, we are seeing just the most gorgeous dahlias. Mm -hmm. And dahlias, are they're called dinner plate dahlias because some of them are as large as a dinner plate. 
Yeah. Um, so, well, let's do you say hello, I Dahlia? Like, I knew you would do that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Can we back up a little bit? Sure. I feel like my husband just sort of jumped into the center instead of starting at the beginning. <laughs> so, let's talk about because you had a previous career. I did. Like much like Val earlier in the show, and now you have opened up a flower shop in Petworth. How did you go from writing? Yes. To this, how did where did you how did you make this happen? So, um, I. Was formerly a journalist. Um, mm-hmm. I started at NPR, then I was at Washington Post covering food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the side, I just got really interested in succulents. And this was maybe five or six years ago before it's they the were. It's the worst word ever, but go ahead. <laughs> I thought it was succulents. <laughs> um, so this was, you know, five or six years ago before they were on every single surface. Um, mm-hmm. So they were a little more novel. People had a lot of questions about them. So I started teaching terrarium classes on my dining room table. Okay. Hold on, we're going to take a break on that note. Okay. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. If you're into succulents, this is all for you. Oh, I'm into them. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I guess I don't have to bang the drum for the McPaw party anymore. That's enough. Um, but I do want to thank our sponsors, the people that make the show possible. ProFish, the market at River Falls, Central Farm Markets, Meat Crafters, and the Ivy City Smokehouse. Thanks mm-hmm. for supporting the Absolutely. show. Let's go back to Holly. Okay, so Holly, so you got into succulents. Yes. You started doing classes out of your kitchen. Yes. And they just exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, I You millennials. <laughs> <laughs> and so because I had a full-time job, mm-hmm. um, any penny I made from the classes I put in a separate account. And mm-hmm. within three months, I realized that See, I was See, we need more. that kind of discipline. Yeah, right. We don't <laughs> have that kind of discipline at all. And my mom is a seamstress, so growing up, I was always deconstructing things, putting them back together, using my hands, and I just found that it was a more fitting and more fun profession for me. Okay, but going from doing a couple classes at your kitchen table mm-hmm. to actually opening up a brick and mortar is really different. So what was your vision? So um, first I started the Lemon Collective, which mm-hmm. is a shared maker space. So that kind of was a step up. I wasn't tossing my key down out of my window anymore to people. You know, right. I had an official space. Um, so that set the tone. And I was able to host larger classes and explore other disciplines. But you brought in other makers, exactly. right? Like I, there was macrame classes. Exactly. You did lots of really fun DIY kinds of things. Definitely. And it's still going. We still have a space. It's mm-hmm. um, actually right next door to the flower shop. So you can come shop for flowers and then maybe stop next door and take a class or mm-hmm. vice versa. Um, so yeah, that just put me, threw me into the maker scene in DC, mm-hmm. uh, and allowed me to explore other mediums and I've discovered flowers, um, you know, feels like a natural step from plants. Right. And it, yeah. it is a natural step but so, <laughs> since they are but plants. So, but, but are you doing, so at the shop, mm-hmm. is it a sort of plant and flower emporium? What can people find when they go there? Definitely. So you walk in and my goal is to overwhelm you. I mm-hmm. want there to be so many things to look at that. I've had people actually leave the shop, and I'm like, I did it. Right. I got them. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's just so much to see, so much to take in. Um, it's not, you know, it's meant to um, for people to discover and explore different things. So you walk in, and there is a bloom bar right at the entrance. So mm-hmm. we have fresh flowers available by the stem. You can come in. Uh, we can make you a custom bouquet on the spot. We do mm-hmm. deliveries. We have botanical-based skincare, candles, um, all sorts of products that are made from flowers or meant for flowers. Okay, and and plants as well. And plants, right? yes. So for people who, like plants are so popular right mm-hmm. now, and for people who are trying to bring plants into their homes but maybe don't have uh, 
a really green thumb and they're yeah. a little nervous about it. What sort she, of? She's speaking about herself. Of what course. sort of? Well, I also have a dog who eats all, all our my plants, plants have committed suicide. <laughs> Thanks to our dog. Um, what kind of? How do you guide people through putting putting plants in their spaces? Sure. So the number one rule is you have to think like that plant. Where is that plant native? Where do you find that plant? Usually, so mm-hmm. succulents. You already were... lost my husband. Okay, he's no, no, I'm thinking right. about marijuana. And right, the, that's what I figured. He's like, where does that grow? Yeah, yeah. I'm so, thinking like that. So succulents, for example, are desert plants. Mm-hmm. So I have people come to the shop and they say, I work in an office. I'm in the middle of the floor. I don't get any natural sunlight. I want succulents. What should I do? And I tell them to get a different job. Right, like don't get a succulent. Yeah, right. Those <laughs> succulents a different will office. die. Right. Um, so you really have to coddle the plants and make them feel like they're at home. So mm-hmm. succulents like a lot of sun, not a lot of water. Uh, and the sooner you understand the natural environment of that plant, it'll really right. help. Guide. I got to jump in. This is to whom you should speak. What about plants? Yes, I know. I'm, what I'm saying I have her in no, no, but I mean on, on the side, you know? on air. Right. Yes. Um, and what about people who are in homes that have no sunlight? So there are certain plants that thrive in low to no light <laughs> and mold. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> no, mold is at the Spanish winery. I know. <laughs> um, there are snake plants, which mm-hmm. are great. They're the really spiky, yeah, tall ones. Yeah, one. um, we killed our snake plant. Our snake plant did die. It was probably overwatering. But it looked depressed. I had to guess. I told no, you. No, but we had it for like three or four years. It's been there for a long oh, time. Oh wow! And then it just. And then all of a sudden, like one leaf started to oh, fall, no. then the next leaf started to fall. Snake. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, snake plants are. Generally pretty good. ZZ plants are also mm-hmm. a nice option. I tend to suggest you avoid what I call a mall plant. Mm-hmm. And mall plants are those just kind of everywhere plants that you see in malls, office buildings. Um, they're just, if you want to be in they're vogue. They're like peacefully. It's funny. Exactly. We have palms that thrive. It's the That's other nice. ones that kick the bucket. Palms I have a difficult time with. But we'll help you out. Okay, that will yeah, we help can you trade uh, plant Okay, knowledge. so what about classes? I know you do a lot of yes. them. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We have so many cool classes coming up. There's one I'm super excited about. We are taking a group to the National Gallery of Art, mm-hmm. and we're going to guide people through the Dutch Masters section. Good idea. And yeah. So we got a curator create. from the gallery to you know talk a little bit about the design principles, and then following, we're going to walk over to the source because the gallery wouldn't let me bring in buckets of water, understandably. So right. we're going to walk over to the source, um, and we're going to design flower arrangements. That is smart. Yeah. It's really that. fun. A, I'm and really when is excited. that happening? When That's October that? 5th. The 5th? Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. can't okay. do it the 5th. We can't go. That's when the McPaul party is. Did I oh. mention that? <laughs> but that's a great but idea. That's hopefully we'll do it evening. Yeah. McPaul party's in the evening. Yes. Um, and the source has agreed to provide champagne and fruits and vegetables, which we're going to use to style. That it's going to be great. a cool idea. And then we have one other class coming up um, with Coconut Club. Mm-hmm. Great place. We're going to do a tropical flower arranging class there with Mai Tais and just all sorts of warm, sunny oh, I vibes. Love that. That's great. So you bring in all the flowers. Exactly. And the prices include the flowers Everything. and the arranging and the learning and the drinking and exactly. the eating. It's all included. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right. Nope. All right. Well, tell everybody where they can find you, please, online and uh, your brick and mortar. So we are in Upshur Street um, in Petworth, 808 Upshur, and we are online at shelovesme.com. Um, I spent a lot on the URL, so please remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was well worth it. Okay, great. All right, that table sold. You just sold it? Okay, Mm -hmm. great. That table is sold. (laughs) Say who who bought it, quick. Uh, Josh, Karen, thank you so much for listening today. Way to go, Josh. From uh, Geppetto Caterers. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, he has been in studio, and uh, he is a great supporter of all things going on. And he listens. God bless you, my son. So uh, so thrilled we can make that happen on air today. Diane. Diane. Okay, so you went on this fabulous trip to Spain. You have brought in 
incredible taste today. What can people find at Cork Market? Well, all the wines you tasted today, you can find by the glass at Cork Market. Oh, okay. Um, we actually have two lists at Cork. Downstairs, we have sort of a more casual bar, um, and we change the wines a lot, and you'll find sort of wacky, unusual varietals down there. And then upstairs, we have our traditional wine bar with more of the classics. Mm-hmm. There's about 60 wines by the glass at any point at um, Cork, including wine flights. And we also have our beautiful patio, which the last days of I, global warming helping us to, uh, <laughs> Thank you, President to Trump. Uh, <laughs> use that patio for a few more days. It was uh, just open this year. Um, Amanda McClements so- from Salt and Sundry helped us design it. Another and, plant thing. Another plant thing. And it's a beautiful, It's a, I, if I say so myself, it's a beautiful, mm-hmm. quiet space to have dinner and drink some wine and enjoy yourself. Totally agree. And if you it's want gorgeous. something you know wacky and unusual that isn't a wine, Khalid will be there. Yeah, all okay. the time to entertain right. you. Um, also, the Mad Rose Voyages, which we're helping to mm-hmm. curate over the next, I mean, they're ongoing. Will so you send me the info on that, I please? absolutely we'll make will. sure it's on the and, website. Um, we're focusing on Piedmont and Torino and Burgundy and the Jura. So Love it's it. really two very cool areas. And we have some new classes coming up that we'll be announcing starting October 1st on our website, which Great. is corkdc.com. Great. Excellent. Thank you so much. Just give the address of Cork for those 1805 who don't know 14th Street is Cork Wine Bar and Market. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for coming in You'll today. You'll see all the worshipers yeah. out front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. That's kind of our show. Uh, everything you heard about on the show today, you can find on Nikki's website, thelistareyouonit.com. Mm-hmm. Follow her on Instagram and on WTOP. And uh, you know what? Subscribe to the list because that's where all the information about everything happening is. It is. And we want to thank all of our guests in studio today. This was another delicious show. We also can be heard every Monday live from the Line Hotel, where we have another show called Industry Night that's on fullserviceradio.org. Tomorrow, I'll be talking with, I don't know, I say we because it's me. Yeah, I have, it's hard to make it from Northern David Virginia just can't do it. at 4 o'clock wham, in the afternoon. Wham, wham. Anyway, tomorrow, we'll be talking to a whole panel of African American distillery owners. Oh. Um, I'm very excited about the conversation. Chanel will be there. Chanel will be there. So it's going to be a cool. terrific show. But next week will be no slouch. Uh, we'll be bringing in Greg Angert. He's back to talk about Snallygaster. And beer, beer, beer. And Jonathan Collins of Owens Ordinary will also be in. And Ashok Bajaj is back. He's got some new concepts. We're going to be talking all about it. So again, let's give a round of applause to all the delicious people in the studio today. You have lots of ways to eat and drink around the D.C. area. You should get to it. Have a delicious week.